In 2013, Fresno, California was invaded. The conqueror's name, Aedes aegypti. It is like the nastiest mosquito that's out there. It's like the perfect evil species, really. You can spray insecticide, but that also kills bees and butterflies. You can try genetic engineering, but the mosquitoes can develop resistance. But now there's a third option. No chemicals, no genetic shenanigans. And it was dreamed up by a programmer at Google. I'm David Pogue, and this is Unsung Science. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Season 1, Episode 1, What Happened to the Mosquitoes in Fresno. Get psyched. The deadliest animals on Earth are not snakes, scorpions, sharks, or even other people. It's mosquitoes. They kill a million people every year by biting us and infecting us with fun stuff like malaria, dengue fever, yellow fever, Zika, West Nile, chikungunya, and so on. You probably associate most of those afflictions with faraway tropical climates, and that used to be a good assumption. But nowadays, in the climate-changed climate, not so much. So the milder the winters, the more favorable the neighborhood is for mosquitoes. It's like a new housing development that's opening, like now building phase three, right? And that's going to just keep moving up the eastern seaboard because they need to not have overly harsh winters to be able to survive. This is Leslie Vosshall, a professor of neuroscience at Rockefeller University. In 2015, she was elected to the National Academy of Sciences, which is a big deal. I know this because she's my sister-in-law. Sorry not to have had our annual holiday get-together. <laughs> I miss it. I was, I was so ready for it. It's the highlight of our year. For the last decade, Dr. Vosshall, oh man, it's so weird to call her that, Leslie, has been studying mosquitoes, how they find us and why they bite us. So before I tell you why you should care about Fresno's mosquito problem, I'm going to let her blow your mind with three mosquito facts. Fact number one, only the females bite. Yeah, this is an important point, and I'm amazed that 99% of both the general public and PhD scientists find that surprising. Most people assume that a mosquito is a mosquito, that the females and the males are both 
equal opportunity blood feeders, only females bite. Which is going to become very important as this story unwinds. Okay, fact number two, those little ladies don't mean us any harm. They're not doing it on purpose. They're not doing it because they hate people and they want to kill them. The females are going about their mandate. Their mandate is to get blood. That is their one job as future mothers is to get blood. Because without that blood, she won't produce children. They're not even the original source of the diseases. So humans just happen to be carrying these diseases and the females spread them. In the process of eating their meal from us, they end up infecting people. And fact number three is the one that fried my brain. In the warmer climate, mosquitoes are spreading northward into new regions, but not by flapping their little wings. They don't really move around. Uh, by, by their own power, they'll, they'll move around maybe a half a mile. But it's people that move them. Absolutely, you're right about that. That's right. We are spreading the mosquitoes. The two biggest ways that mosquitoes hitchhike around the world, those stupid floral arrangements that you get, those little bamboo things, those little sprouted bamboo things that are filled with water. Where are they set up? They're set up in the tropics. So they come from China, Thailand, Vietnam. Somebody sets them up, puts them on some big container ship um, and puts them into flora shops all over the country. And those things tend to be full of mosquitoes. The other major way that the animals hitchhike is on um, the global used tire trade. So tires are heaven for mosquitoes. If you want to set up a mansion for mosquitoes, tires, because they're black, they end up heating up and they are they fill with water, which just becomes like a teeming nursery for mosquitoes. Leslie Vossall spends most of her time studying one mosquito species in particular, Aedes aegypti. That's two Latin words, Aedes, A-E-D-E-S, and Egypti, spelled like A-Egypt-I. Aedes aegypti is the worst. It's probably, you know, top two most wanted mosquito in the top two. You could arguably top, you know, most wanted mosquito in the mosquito world. So, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not the one that, that you want to be dealing with. Jody Holman is the superintendent of operations for the Consolidated Mosquito Abatement District in California. That's Fresno and nearby Central Valley towns. She's quite familiar with Aedes aegypti. It is like the nastiest mosquito that's out there. It's super aggressive with people. Difficult to find, difficult to control. A single female will bite you multiple times. I can't tell you how many residents have shown me their legs, their arms, their extremities, and all the bites that they have. It's like the, it's like the perfect evil species, really. Until a few years ago, Aedes aegypti was the rest of the world's problem. But in 2013, as part of its master plan to move north, aegypti arrived in Fresno, California. Mercifully, the Fresno aegypti are not carrying diseases as they do in other parts of the world. At least, not yet. But they are incredibly annoying. People are not used to it. People in our jurisdiction, in, in the Central Valley of California... They associate really bad mosquito problems with camping or going up into high elevations, not going into their backyards, right? So now we have this new species that's super aggressive. Now, we're not completely helpless. We do have some anti-mosquito artillery at our disposal. For example, we can spray insecticides. And we do. A lot. Unfortunately, insecticides kill more than mosquitoes. 
They also wipe out lots of innocent bystander bugs, like honeybees, ladybugs, and butterflies, some of which actually would have helped with the mosquito problem if, you know, we hadn't killed them. Insecticides also accumulate in the water, which kills frogs and fish, and eventually makes it into our own bodies. And worst of all, over time, mosquitoes develop resistance to our insecticides, exactly the way certain bacteria become resistant to our antibiotics. The world's chemical companies have to keep tinkering with the formulas so their sprays remain effective. There are also ways to reduce the mosquito population through genetic engineering using CRISPR gene editing techniques. But according to Leslie, that approach has its own problems, one of which is, again, resistance. Once you start CRISPRing mosquitoes, I do have the concerns about, like, what is the long-term strategy for having that not get you resistance in a couple of years. I think even already in the laboratory, it doesn't take that long for mutations to arise where the female will circumvent, the population will circumvent that. The other problem with genetic modification is that it involves the words genetic modification, which terrifies a lot of people. You know, playing God, tinkering with nature's delicate balance, all that kind of thing. People are at this unprecedented state where nobody trusts scientists. There has to be an enormous amount of public engagement. Um, and you have to convince the public that it is safe. Out in California, Jody Holman's team had tried everything to solve the mosquito problem in Fresno. Spraying, educating people about eliminating standing water in their yards. Nothing worked. Even with literally throwing every tool we had in the toolbox at this particular species when we first identified it in our district, it continued to spread. We were not, it was a pretty colossal failure. (laughs) Okay, so how do you solve a problem like Aegypti? With Silicon Valley software engineers, of course. You've probably heard that cliche about how these engineers just want to make the world a better place. But sometimes they actually do it. After working at Google a number of years, um, I managed to get the freedom to have, to go try crazy things. And I was able to get permission to go and try this crazy thing. Linus Upson no longer works at Google. Now he works at Verily Life Sciences, Google's sister company, part of the Alphabet family of corporations. Verily is dedicated to solving public health problems. And at the beginning, Um, I gave ourselves maybe a 20% chance of success. Um, There's a lot of things in biology and in healthcare that fail. It's much less reliable than computer science. Uh, But I thought the payoff was big enough in terms of the impact you could have on global health that it was worth trying. That payoff would be wiping out mosquito-borne diseases by drastically reducing the mosquito population. But not by spraying and not with genetic tampering. His big idea the one he gave a one-in-five chance of success, was the sterile insect technique, or SIT. I hope you're sitting down. So the sterile insect technique was developed by a couple of very clever entomologists. If a sterile male mates with a fertile female, she'll still get the insect equivalent of pregnant. She'll still produce and lay eggs, but the eggs won't hatch. You can make each generation smaller and smaller. The sterile insect technique's first big success came in the 1950s when it was used to tackle the New World screwworm fly, a nasty little parasite that was killing thousands upon thousands of cattle 
and costing ranchers billions of dollars. They chew their way through the animal, killing it or maiming it in the process. And so they reared up billions and billions of screwworm fly, dropped them from airplanes across the United States, and over a 10-year period, completely removed screwworm fly from the United States. So here at last is the big reveal, Linus Upson's master plan. His mosquito control idea doesn't involve insecticide, doesn't mess around with genes, doesn't require irradiating the males, makes it impossible for the mosquitoes to develop resistance, can't affect any other species, and ultimately will cost less than what governments spend now on treating their citizens for dengue fever. The experts rave. Jody Holman, Consolidated Mosquito Abatement District. It's a beautiful system. It really is. Leslie Vossall, Rockefeller University. Very clever, very effective, kind of more cost-effective because they don't have to deal with a few animals escaping, still being fertile. So I think that that's highly effective. The key to the whole thing is another Latin-named critter, Wolbachia. So instead of irradiating the mosquitoes to make them sterile, we actually take advantage of a naturally occurring bacterium that exists in more than half of the world's insects called Wolbachia. That's W-O-L-B-A-C-H-I-A, Wolbachia, a very common, very widespread, harmless kind of bacteria. It's found naturally in 60% of all insect species, but not Aedes aegypti. And here's a lucky break. If a male mosquito does get Wolbachia, it can go right ahead and have sex with a female in the wild that doesn't have Wolbachia. She'll lay her eggs, but they'll never hatch. And if the male has Wolbachia and the female doesn't, she'll still produce and lay eggs, but the Wolbachia will arrange for those eggs to die. Wow. So the male doesn't know that anything's wrong. No. The female doesn't know that anything is wrong. She goes ahead and mates and has her babies, or lays her eggs, I should say. It's just that the next generation doesn't come along. That's right. It all sounded very cool in principle. All he had to do to get started was build the world's largest airlock-controlled, robotically-governed mosquito-raising factory, and then invent a machine that could separate millions of boy mosquitoes from the girl mosquitoes without ever making a single mistake. I got to see the place. After the break... I'll take you on a tour. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. 
Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And while we're on an ad break, my new book, How to Prepare for Climate Change, is about where to live, how to insure, where to invest, how to talk to your kids, and how to ride out wildfires, hurricanes, heat waves, and so on. As the New York Times put it, it's always a good idea to prepare for a disaster you see coming. Pogue has got you covered. The book is How to Prepare for Climate Change, and I think you'll really like it. Verily Health Sciences is dedicated to developing cool, moonshot human health inventions— like battery-powered glucose-sensing contact lenses, or a spoon that holds your food steady even if you have a severe tremor. Its headquarters are a pair of huge, sleek, four-story office buildings in South San Francisco. If you pass through a courtyard, through security, and down a couple of hallways, you arrive at the Mosquito Rearing Facility. Our tour guide is Pete Massaro, Google's Director of Automation. He designed a lot of the machines you're about to meet. The first stop is the airlock. You got an airlock? Oh, wow. It's just like the one on a spaceship, except here they're not worried about losing air to outer space. They're they're worried about stray mosquitoes getting out of the building. Big fans blow air inward into the facility. Next, you enter the insectary. It's a plain white room dominated by four gigantic mosquito cages, each one a cube about four feet on a side. That sound you hear, that's not fans. I have to comment on the sound. (laughs) This is like... 600,000 mosquitoes flying sounds like... A nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) It should make you itchy. It took me days to get that sound out of my brain. Verily gets these mosquitoes, pre-infected with Wolbachia, from a company in Kentucky. Their eggs hatch into larvae, which look like minuscule white specks. They're poured into clear plastic pouches, along with food and water, and loaded by robot into this... Oh man, how can I describe it? Okay, imagine a grocery store aisle, except it's only two feet wide, and the shelves on either side of you are made of stainless steel and only a few inches tall each. So there's like 35 shelves on each side. Each shelf contains those plastic bags full of developing mosquitoes. And running back and forth between the shelves is Pete Massaro's masterpiece, a robot, an eight foot tall, faceless, shiny, silver storage and retrieval robot. So now they're they're in here with their food and water. They're now in here with the food and water and that's 
It's also in sector conditions in there, so it's 80 degrees. We feed those with that same robot uh, four times during the six days. All day long, the robot zooms back and forth through these skinny aisles, raising generation after generation of mosquitoes. It loads new trays into the shelves, tends them and gives them food pills, and then, after six days of growing, pulls out the finished trays. The robot doesn't have a name, but, but as far as those mosquitoes are concerned, it's mom. I see barcodes on those trays. Are you able to track these? Every location is tracked. Every mosquito has a name and a number. And every single mosquito has an image that's stored on Google Drive. It's picture? Every single one of them. <laughs> Everyone from the very first mosquito we ever made. Have you ever thought about running the Department of Motor Vehicles? <laughs> it's the same problem. It would be fun. <laughs> After six days on the shelves, the larvae have grown into pupae. At this stage, the females are slightly bigger than the males, which works out nicely for the next step, separating the boys from the girls. So uh, in order to do the uh, sterile insect technique using Wobake, you need to release only the males. So you want to be very careful not to have females released. And so we have a very carefully designed sieve that separates about 97 to 99% of the females from males. Yes, a sieve. Yet another robot slices open each plastic pouch and dumps its watery contents through a sieve. The males will fall through the sieve and females go to their destiny, which is the municipal wastewater treatment plant. But actually, we actually first we, we cook them so that they're not alive. And now comes the really cool part. The sieve is 99% accurate at separating the bugs by sex. But in this context, 99% isn't good enough. If you release any Wolbachia females into the wild, they could wind up mating with your Wolbachia males. They would have viable offspring, and the whole beautiful system of population control would fall apart. So how do you eliminate the last 1% of the females? This is how Linus Upson explains it. We had to develop uh, machines that can separate male and female mosquitoes at near perfection. Come on. I mean, that sounds like a bad science fiction movie. How can you create a machine that separates male from female mosquitoes by the millions? There's an engineer on our team who is an automation expert by training named Victor Criswell. He spent about two and a half years trying to figure out how to get mosquitoes to march single file in front of a camera so that we could take their picture and use jets of air to sort the males and the females apart. Because the males and females actually look quite different from each other if you can get a good picture of them. And these bugs just don't want to do what you want them to do. If you want them to fly, they'll walk. If you want them to walk, they're going to fly. If you want them to go one way, they'll go the other way. Was it ever in doubt that you'd be able to get these machines working? Oh, yeah. It was in doubt for about two and a half years. They, we tried dozens of different configurations, different ideas. Can we tell the difference between males and females by wing beat frequency? Do we want them flying? Do we want them walking? Yeah, it was lots and lots of things were tried before we were able to get to the point where we developed confidence of like, okay, we don't have it perfect yet, but we see a path where this could work. And believe it or not, it actually works. I witnessed it. The factory has over 150 of these sex sorting machines, row after row of them. 
In each machine, you can see the mosquitoes walk one by one into a narrow, white, illuminated tunnel a couple of inches long. A tiny gate snaps shut behind it. That clicking you hear is all the little gates opening and closing all day long. It's almost like ant trails or something. We don't exactly know why they do this, but they just get in there and walk right through. It's like, yeah, this is where I belong. Now, a camera takes each mosquito's picture. Software identifies it either as male or female and then clicks open one of two gates. A little puff of air blows the bug out of the tunnel. And so if it's a male, it will send it up into the container. If it's a female or unidentified, it will send it to its doom. And, and that works? That has worked so incredibly well that, you know, to our knowledge, no females have ever left this factory. Well, Pete, would you go so far as to say that what is before us is the world's most advanced mosquito sex sorting machine? I would definitely say that. <laughs> By the summer of 2017, the whole thing was ready to launch. The Verily team had worked out the bugs, sorry, and built themselves a rip-roaring, well-oiled mosquito factory capable of churning out millions of males a week, every single one infected with Wolbachia bacteria. They had even gotten approval from the EPA to perform this experiment in the wild. Now all they had to do was convince the residents of Fresno that this was going to be a good idea. The pitch basically went like this. Hello there, neighbor. Say, uh, a bunch of Silicon Valley engineers are going to be driving around in weird white cannon vans, shooting out millions more mosquitoes into your front yards. Okay, sound good? What could possibly go wrong? When you get out of a laboratory and you start to get into people's neighborhoods and into their lives, you've got to have a strong communication program. You mean you think that Ordinary citizens might not immediately love the idea of you guys airdropping millions more mosquitoes. I know. It's just, it boggles the mind that people just aren't like, oh yeah, sure, whatever you want to do. Representatives from Jody's team and the Verily team held a series of community gatherings and movie nights, offering free Jamba Juice cards to anyone who'd show up. You, you had people that were either, I don't, I don't care what you guys are doing especially if you're going to do something about this mosquito because it's driving me nuts. And then you oh. had the other side of um, the other extreme, which is, I mean, it, it just was ended up being like a list of conspiracy theories, really. People that had all these thoughts as to what we were doing, that we were trying to do population control, that we were releasing um, insects that carried something that would make people sick and die. Wow. Yeah. It's disheartening. It, it, it's hard to hear somebody say to you that they genuinely think you're out to kill them. So I try to, you know, while I can't validate that, I try to acknowledge it. I just will not give up in trying to find common ground. <laughs> it, was a, it was a battle. And even once the Fresnonians were convinced that the project had value, she had to prepare them for the vans. Because it's not an ice cream truck. Yeah, they designed these vans that have these ginormous tubes that are really, really cool. Um, and these tubes have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of mosquitoes, male mosquitoes inside of them um, that is connected to basically an apparatus that sort of pulsates them out. It kind of blows these mosquitoes out of the side of the van. In the summer of 2017, the Verily Mosquito vans made their first runs 
blasting millions of male mosquitoes a week into the sunny Fresno air. All they had to do now was wait to see the results. So we were actually able to see the results within about a week and a half or two weeks. Not to say that that was the end point, but we could see the impact of our releases. Jacob Crawford is a senior scientist at Verily, a mosquito biologist on the debug team. To monitor the experiment's results, his crew put out mosquito traps all over Fresno and counted how many adult mosquitoes wound up in them. But he could also collect mosquito eggs around town. All we have to do is, is uh, kind of cure them a little bit back in the lab and then flood them uh, as if it was raining, uh, which is what they're waiting for. If they have mated with one of our males, then they'll never hatch. Debug Fresno got a late start in the 2017 skeeter season. All that EPA paperwork had held them up. But when 2018 rolled around, they were ready. In 2018, we sort of had everything dialed in and everything ran really smoothly because it was our second time doing it and we'd gotten a lot better at it. It didn't take long for the team and the town to learn the results. And what were the numbers? So uh, the, the previous week, we were seeing that something on the order of 70 to 80 percent of the eggs would hatch. And in the span of about a week or two, that we took that down to zero. Um, I did a dance at my desk. That was the, the strongest result I had uh, seen in many, many moons. Jody Holman flipped through the binders of data that revealed how many female mosquitoes were showing up in the traps. Suddenly it's like zero, 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 indicating no females in the trap, no females in the trap, no females in the trap. So that was very exciting. It was the biggest mosquito SIT experiment ever run in the U.S., and it was a grand slam. We managed to reduce the mosquito population by 95% uh, in the areas where we were treating compared to the areas where we weren't treating. I would call that a success. So that, that's a, a massive impact. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think residents would notice? Absolutely. Yeah. They went from not being able to use their backyards because the mosquito was so aggressive to having a summer where they weren't getting bitten. They were all saying the same thing. Thank you. This has been a great, uh, a much better summer for us. Verily debugged Fresno one more time in 2019, again with spectacular results. But then that was it. From the beginning, debug Fresno had been designed to be a three-year test, a proof of concept for bigger and needier areas like Singapore, an island nation with record-breaking waves of dengue fever. Last year, 35,000 Singaporeans were diagnosed with this awful mosquito-borne disease, which brings extreme fever, internal bleeding, shock, and sometimes death, the highest number of cases ever recorded in a year. Linus Upson's team has partnered with Singapore's government to develop a program called Debug Singapore. And so we're in the process of building our first dedicated factory to make mosquitoes in Singapore, it has the floor space to be capable of running a program for the entire country. Verily is also laying the groundwork for Debug Puerto Rico. The other place where we're working right now is we're partnering with the CDC in Puerto Rico. And so we've been producing mosquitoes and shipping them to Puerto Rico throughout the entire pandemic. Shipping them to Puerto Rico? Yes. From here? Yes. <laughs> in, it was, in it was easier to ship them from here than to build a factory down in Puerto Rico. I see. How do you do that? There was, a, there was a lot of engineering work in figuring out how to safely transport mosquitoes 
in airplanes at lower pressure and then sitting on tarmacs in the heat and getting it out there. We have a special container that they go in and we control oxygen and carbon dioxide and temperature and humidity um, so that they can all get there safely. After Singapore and Puerto Rico, well, the world's the limit. And we're talking with a number of other places in the Caribbean um, and a number of other places around the world. And we're just now getting to the stage where we can take on multiple projects at the same time. Now, Verily is part of Alphabet, and Alphabet is a for-profit corporation. And ultimately, Linus Upson says, the debug program has a business model. So, so someday the governments will, in theory, pay the company to run these programs? That's the plan. If all goes well, Verily's government customers will be able to save lives and save money. So the way we're approaching this from a business perspective is we want to make the cost of this intervention substantially less than government's direct healthcare spend on dengue. Okay, so if you can get rid of the mosquitoes in a certain region more cheaply than what a government is now spending to treat the disease, the government will say, well, then that's worth it. Correct. I got to say, I love this story. I love that a software engineer with a goal to save millions of lives might actually do it. I love that Verily's approach doesn't involve chemicals or genetic tampering. I love that this crazy program actually works. It all just sounds a little too perfect. Surely there's some unwanted side effect. Surely these Silicon Valley geniuses have overlooked something. What is there to be afraid of if this becomes a common technique? Are you depriving, you know, birds of their meals? So Aedes aegypti mosquitoes are invasive in most of the world and humans spread them around the globe starting about 400 years ago. We're the ones who are building all the habitat for them. We build all of the larval habitat. We build gutters and storm drains and great places for mosquito larvae to breed. And so uh, we have dramatically amplified their population all over the world. We're the ones who, who created that population of mosquitoes to begin with. So from an environmental standpoint, we're just cleaning up the mess we made in the process. It just, it seems too good to be true. Yeah, unlike chemical pesticides, which, you know, are broad spectrum and kill a wide range of insects, one of the wonderful parts of this sterile insect technique is that it's exquisitely species-specific. You're targeting just the one thing that you're going after. And the sterile insect technique we've been doing now for 70 years, it's been one of the most successful interventions for crops and livestock. Um, and now we just want to be able to also apply it to human health. So is there anything to worry about? We haven't been able to come up with one. But if you live in Fresno, you might have one concern. What makes this sterile insect technique so safe and so controllable is that it affects only one generation of bugs. The males that you infect with Wolbachia don't pass on Wolbachia because, remember, they can't make babies. So no unintended consequences. Unfortunately that SIT affects only one generation is also the bad news. Because if you don't keep shooting Wolbachia males out of your vans, the wild mosquito population eventually bounces back. There was no debug Fresno program in 2020, and there won't be one in 2021. So for now, the era of Fresno's beautiful, bite-free backyard barbecues is over. Basically, yes, the population will rebound really quickly once you stop releases. Mosquitoes from outside neighborhoods, they're going to move back in really, really quickly. 
Still, Jody Holman holds out hope that a Wolbachia project could return or expand. Maybe Fresno or maybe California could become one of Verily's customers. You know, can you imagine if you could roll out a program that started from like Southern California and just released slow and just just gradually knock this population out as it went up the state. But of course, it's a massive effort. It's an expensive effort. It has to be a coordinated effort. Um, but I feel like, you know, there are some things that residents are willing to pay for. And when they're being terrorized by mosquitoes, if you have something that you can tell them, hey, this 95%, I think you'll have strong support for funding a program like that. Now we're going to send you out into the sunset with a special treat. Jody Holman's boss, Steve Mulligan, has a hobby. He writes song parodies about, if you can believe it, the sterile mosquito technique you've just been hearing about. With tremendous apologies to Nirvana and its song Smells Like Teen Spirit, take it away, Steve. Sterile mosquitoes are too dangerous. Good bugs here now. Come to help us, boy mosquitoes. Not contagious. Good bugs here now. Come to help us. Good bugs here now. Bad bugs gone now. Male mosquito with libido. Unsung Science with David Pogue is presented by Simon & Schuster and CBS News and produced by PRX Productions. The executive producers for Simon & Schuster are Richard Rohrer and Chris Lynch. The PRX production team is Jocelyn Gonzalez, Morgan Flannery, Claire Carlander, Pedro Rafael Rosado, and the project manager is Ian Fox. The amazing Jesse Nelson composed the Unsung Science theme music, and fact-checker Christina Ribello positioned herself nobly between my scripts and certain humiliation. For more Unsung Science episodes, visit unsungscience.com. And for more of my stuff, visit davidpogue.com or follow me on Twitter, at Pogue, P-O-G-U-E. We'd love it if you'd like and subscribe to Unsung Science wherever you get your podcasts. And spread the word, would you? Thanks for listening. If you like Unsung Science, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.
Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.